0: Welcome into your game day preview crossover show, Browns versus Bengals, Monday Night Football Edition. I am Brad Ward of All Eyes on Cleveland, and the great Jake Burns of the OBR Film Breakdown is here with me, sounding fantastic. How you doing, Jake? Brad, what's up, man? I am uh, over here
1: in Sick Island down in South Columbus as Ugh. we try to plug through what's been a really rough start to the year here uh the uh i guess the middle of the football season is probably the way to put it but yeah man we're okay i can't can't really complain outside of sort of feeling like crap for the most part we're okay though excited to see if the browns can put something together here because they they desperately need a win brother
0: yeah it's it's sorry to hear it brother it's tough you know sick children Uh, it's a war it's a battle zone i know uh so i feel for you brother and uh thanks for powering through here for our game day game day show no no problem listen we got to talk first brad off the rip man welcome
1: we got to make it you know podcast official here as we welcome you to the obr we couldn't be more excited to have you on staff writing for us joining shows doing all that stuff that comes with a role at the obr and we, we uh we couldn't be happier to just have you
0: personally man we we're big fans and uh, pretty pumped to to make it work together, yeah man I'm absolutely thrilled uh had a great first week have loved diving into this stuff wrote a couple articles uh and uh hopped in on you know the round table stuff and the forums and i'm I'm looking forward to all that comes with the role and uh it's uh i'm very very excited thrilled to be a part of what I truly believe is the best browns coverage in in town so Anywhere. We appreciate it, man. We Sorry. appreciate you being here. So let's uh, let's get this show on the roll. What do you say? Let's do it. Uh, Halloween. We've been waiting for this one, right? Hol- every lot of people have, I'm sure. People with tickets, this one should be a blast. Halloween, Monday night football, the bright lights, right? Uh, you're going to get pretty decent weather. It looks like 63 degrees, at least warm. 24 uh, percent, I've seen some places, is what uh, the most recent First Energy Stadium. Uh, precipitation uh, forecast looks like 24% chance of rain at kickoff moves somewhere near 30 during the game so there's a chance of rain right Uh, what's that about one one one-fourth the chance uh, of rain six to ten mile per hour winds which is pretty mild for first energy stadium
1: yeah you can't really ask for better weather at all right now across the state I mean I know there's playoff games going on in high school football and to be in the first or second week of the playoffs and have some temperatures that are up in the sixties. Like it's, uh, I've seen some days in the seventies. So we got our last little sprint here of really good weather. So got to take advantage of it.
0: Yeah. Good stuff there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope as long as rain holds off and maybe the rain helps us, I don't know who, you know, rain, little rain could make it fun. People are not going to care. People are going to be, uh, it should be a raucous atmosphere as far as I'm concerned up there. Halloween they're yeah.
1: ready to be happy brad um i think that that raucous atmosphere can go one of two ways if they don't show up and they play poorly there'll be a bunch of fans ready to pounce yeah and be extremely negative right. negative. and if they do show up rel- well and ready to play and put together a good performance you're right it'll be a sauced up crowd right people getting off work able to drink up until the eight o'clock kickoff it could be really rowdy you don't get a ton of these primetime games in cleveland uh especially not monday night variety so people love these and it should be a good crowd.
0: It should be It should be wild. You're right. It could turn bad, but I'm not going to let my mind go there. I think it's going to be wild, crazy fun, and hopefully it doesn't turn. Uh, but it certainly has the potential to. You're right. Uh, I, sure. We don't
1: want it to, put it that nope. way, but we have to always be prepared for that frustrating outcome. But
0: let's say, hey, let's, let's preview this thing as if it's not going to happen that way. I'm, I'm I'm more than happy to do so. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. All right. Bengals lead the all time series 51 46, although the Browns have won the last four, uh, which lines up as such Joe Burrow yet to win versus the Cleveland Browns and Stefanski yet to lose versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Jake.
1: Um yeah, this is a good time for them to keep that record rolling, right? They they haven't had any of these runs as far as I know off the top of my head. Haven't had a run like this against anybody else, especially not in the division. So it would be a good time. I know Cincinnati's very well aware of it and they have talked about it this week in some of their get-togethers with the media. So Joe Burrow who's winless against the Browns is again, like we said, well aware of his winless streak here. So they feel the pressure up there to get a win against Cleveland, and they know they need to keep pace with Baltimore, too. So it's not even though there's a big injury on their side that's going to impact their offense. And I know we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit later. But the, there's, um, you know, Cincinnati should be hyper focused, ready to go and ready to break some trends they've had against Cleveland that they're not all too fond of.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we'll get into into that significance of all that later you know i've been pointing a lot towards that that week nine game last year right i think everybody should be referencing what happened in that game sort of a little bit or calling, recalling that or calling to that for your guidelines here a little bit as a a little bit of a blueprint for success but we'll get into that in the keys here monday night football is broadcast on espn which means joe buck troy aikman and Lisa Salter's on the sideline. I did want to throw in here, Jake. The man, there is a Manning Cast. I know people. A lot of people are fans of the Manning Cast. I don't know if you are. Are you a fan of the Manning Cast, Jake? I I tuned into them originally, but not much lately. I
1: mean, I I just <clears throat> I feel like I'm always working Mondays more during these games, and the game's just kind of silently on uh, TV. Yeah. So, yeah. um, not not worked a ton of those, but uh yeah i mean the mannings are great people they seem like they're hilarious when they do these shows so i certainly don't blame anybody for tuning in but uh it'll be interesting to see what they have to say about cleveland i know i think if i recall last year they were really harsh on the browns in that monday night football game late in the year the meaningless monday night game with pittsburgh for not running chubb more than they did um and i thought that was really a strange sort of thing because it was a meaningless game and why would they run Nick a ton in a meaningless game? So I just in a neutral situation and what's gone on this year, I'll just I'll just be paying a little bit of attention to what they have to say.
0: Yeah. Uh I have their guest list. They have John Stewart, Michael Strahan, Josh Allen, who's playing right now on tomorrow night, and Michael Urban will be the Manning cast guests tomorrow night. Uh, They had, like, uh, President Obama and Bill Burr, and they had a wild uh, Vince Vaughn on last week, which was kind of fun. So, uh, funny guys. Well, it uh, looks like Josh Allen will be in a pretty good mood based on how they're they're trending right now, dominating the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, All right, let's uh, swing towards our uh, prop bets here, Jake. What are we looking at this week as far as numbers go?
1: Yeah, I always like to look at well the let's do this. So, so things that are going to be different, I guess some things that we've hit on a little bit of late which is Tied to Harrison Bryant has been a nice play because he's usually got a low catch number and he's got a low um you know uh, yards tied to that that catch number. So he's been a fun play, but they can't do that. You know why they can't do that cuz David Njoku's out and with Njoku out that means there's going to be more pressure um obviously i'm bryant so we'll see sort of what what they end up putting his total at uh, for this one but i know nick chubb has also been an interesting one to pick up a couple screen yards but um i think we saw before amari cooper's at 54 and a half and i feel pretty good about that number for him yeah. so that one feels good um the Bengals are going to be weird without jamar chase because how much does that flood targets to t higgins and Tyler Boyd right so that one's a bit of an interesting one what's the over under and in in total line sitting at right now before this one uh
0: the oh I apologize I did not hit that that is my bad it is uh the over under actually I don't have that but the uh spread is three let me find the over under here real quick for us so even though Cleveland's two and five they still
1: see them as a very neutral play yes a very neutral play
0: uh, and I'll get that over under here while we're talking, but yeah, uh, you know, I like the one I like, I think that's interesting. Cause I don't think the Bengals will change their offense much, much no Jamar chase. So I think that kind of throws Mike Thomas into a lot of snaps. They got him at a, uh, two and a half catch over under. I kind of like that one.
1: Yeah. I think that's probably a guy who's going to get some solo coverage. That one feels about right. What's the, uh,
0: mix and rush number. Um, let me see. Well, we've got. Let's do this. Boyd is sixty-two and a half over under. Higgins is seventy-three and a half. Those are tough numbers to f- figure out, right? Um, Mixon total receiving yards twenty-three and a half.
1: I feel like Mixon would be a pretty good play, just simply because you know it's uh it's the Browns are s- still so even though they had better luck uh, the last two weeks in terms of anchoring run defense. They still, you know, you got to include Baltimore's quarterback stuff adds in such a different layer. But they were outside of one play, pretty respectable against New England. But I still feel like if Mixon's sort of floating in the seventies, which I think I saw sixty-eight and a half was his last
0: number. Like that was sixty-seven and a half. I just found it. Okay, yeah, that feel like
1: that feels like a good play. Uh, They've been doing some better gun run stuff. Um. So I feel like their gun run stuff is a chance to be pretty successful in this one. So uh, I'll be pretty tuned into that one if I were a betting man. But yeah, that's
0: probably about all we got. There's not. I mean, there's some touchdown score stuff, right? Yeah, I like the uh, Harrison Bryant first touchdown, 1800. Um, I mentioned before. And this week, a little bit, you know, he's going to step into this into a feature role in this offense or at least need to be a dependable option for Jacoby. And, and you know, uh, they do the scripted plays. They've looked good on the, for those first drives, as you mentioned, off air. And, you know, that could end up in a, in a uh, first-time touchdown for him. 8 plus 1,800 is a nice number there. Spicy number.
1: Yeah, I like that, too. The Browns do script it up really well. The first team to score on Baltimore in the, in the script and all of that stuff. So... Feels like a good play.
0: Feels like a You've good play. Got a for sure. Total over under of forty five right now, Jake. Forty five? You said two and a half touchdowns was something you
1: saw as well. I've total yeah, touchdowns, I kinda, I kinda two and feel, a half. Yeah. Yeah, weird. I kind of feel like they're gonna yeah, I would I would take that over. We're probably getting two out in the weeds as non professional gamblers
0: here, but <laughs> I, I do feel like that's a pretty good play. Yeah. Over uh, two and a half touchdowns, I feel good. I, I like that one too a lot and uh man bills are just doing whatever they want right now um okay it's the uh, of their season so yeah far. seriously um kareem hunt this is a weird one last touchdown plus 1150 the reason i like it jake is he is often in the two minute drill so if the browns are down a score you're going down maybe you get that that's a worth a shot in the dark maybe Yeah, I like that one, too. That's a good play. All right. Well, as you know how we do it, like we always do about this time here on our crossover, this is a Monday Night Football crossover game day edition, Um, All Eyes on Cleveland, the OBR film breakdown. We'll hit our three keys to victory right after this short break.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
0: And we are back here getting you ready for Monday Night Football. This is Brad Ward of All Eyes on Cleveland. Jake Burns, the great Jake Burns of the OBR film Breakdown is with me. Three keys to victory, Jake. Uh, Do you want moi to start here? Yeah, let's have you kick off, and then I'll be ready to jump in with some of mine as well. Yeah, we'll feel our way through this here. Um, I am going to go with, first and foremost, You know, last year... Week 9, 41-16 win. The Browns did some different things with pressures. They dialed up some nickel pressures. Troy Hill got home with two sacks. I think that's something that obviously they're going to have to do because they are not organically getting home very often with their front four. So if that continues, I think that Joe Wood should be ready to do some different things, some uh, blitzes from different directions, show left, go right, show right, go left, that sort of thing, Uh, and make... Uh, You've got to do what you can to get Burrow off his spot and keep him out of any sort of a rhythm because he will torch you if he gets in a rhythm.
1: Yeah, this year they've blitzed. They've blitzed some, blitzed plenty, in my opinion, compared to their peers. But the blitzes are very vanilla. They're very predictable. They very rarely jack up the protection of the opposing team in terms of they know that they're going to react this way to a pressure look, right? Uh, And they're able to kind of use a different look to throw them off and blitz people from different angles and it would be really nice to see the opposing offensive line confused a couple times by a blitz so that the quarterback can't get rid of the football super early so that's kind of where i sit on the blitz stuff i want them to do it but i don't want them to do it in a way that is not purposeful and not useful and i think i just think sometimes they've done that this year and it's it's been a detriment
0: Yeah, they've got to disguise it. Get more exotic with it, right? Like, do you know, scheme it up a little bit? Like, it's so, it's so, like, oh, we're just going to bring an extra guy, right? And very predictable Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, it needs to be different. You have to have make him think. You have to make Joe think. You have to make the offensive line get off balance a little bit. This is something that you just have to do against this offense, in my opinion. Agreed.
1: I think I, I mean, you have to. If you let Joe just feel comfortable, and I know their offensive line has struggled. As as people thought that, oh, they improved Lyle Collins, they brought in some other names along the interior, they're just going to be better. Well, not really. It's dictated by quarterback play, and Joe is not the the most hasty at getting rid of the football, so they haven't been that much better. But can you make, when it, whenever Burrow makes a mistake or they hold on to the football too long or whatever it is, can you make them actually pay, right? That's the pay thing that they have to do is make those guys pay for those mistakes. So that's certainly going to be where I'm interested. I know you will be interested and the Browns have had such hard luck, man, about some of this stuff where they just haven't been able to, you know, take advantage of either a coverage bust or, or whatever from the other team, the, the mistakes their opponents are making are being less, um, you know, impacting the outcome less than the mistakes the Browns are making. So we'll see if they're able to, to, you know, flip the script on that. I think they're due like I really do think they're due to flip the script on that but it's again it's just a matter of actually having that come to
0: fruition so we'll see if that can happen 100%. What do you got, Jake?
1: Yeah, I think you have to confuse Joe, not not just in blitz stuff, but I think you have to really make them the thing that's interesting. And I and and I know that you wrote on this and we've had some other people write on this and it's been well documented. The Bengals have been a better football team when they are playing out of the gun they were doing a lot of under center stuff trying to at the beginning of the year and it just isn't who they are and it was forcing some stuff some wasted plays and as they've gotten better it's happened um when they've gone to gun run stuff their gun run gun play actions have been successful so how do you how do you limit that how do you take advantage of a team sitting in a predictable look in the gun being slower to attack downhill right but being able to still take advantage of that will be crucial so um you know like i said maintaining gap integrity stuff will be important from the gun run can you handle inside zone can you handle some of that stuff they do in the run game but they've got to be more physical i think when we look back on this one if they're not the more physical football team then they're going to lose this one they just don't have enough to overcome it i think the way the bengals do a mistake here or there so i think they have to be the more physical team against a shotgun heavy look both run and pass game and hopefully that can manifest its, itself to force Cincinnati into being one-dimensional you know that's what you need them to be is one-dimensional and I believe they've they've done that to Cincinnati several times made them one-dimensional and kept mixing out of making a serious impact on the game
0: yeah absolutely you know they've gone they've changed kind of like they've adjusted right like they struggled early and they've gone to like 83 percent shotgun now right and uh not even like they have the lowest percentage of uh play action in the league uh out of that shotgun and they are just you know their focus is on getting the ball out of joe burrow's hands like it, if you look at the chart for how long he's holding the ball it's gone directly down in correlation with their success right like their focus is on getting it out of his hands quickly now. Um, And they found success the last two weeks with that going over 30 points both weeks and a huge game from Tyler Boyd last week and everybody. Right. So uh, against the Falcons. So, yeah, that's kind of what the the way they're trending. Right. It is. They want they want to take, you know, teams have started to play a lot
1: of cover two against them. And this is kind of tying into my second point. Uh, Teams are playing a lot of cover two against them, bracketing things, taking away some of the stuff they're most comfortable with. And into and doing a lot of that cover, two. It was forcing some early poor decisions. So teams have started to leave them to to analyze the field, giving them different looks, varying the coverage pre-snap to post-snap, and that holding on to the football has caused some headaches. So um, we'll we'll just have to see what they're able to sort of scheme up in this one in terms of trying to confuse Joe Hold on to the ball. Jamar Chase's absence plays a pretty big role in all of this. There's no doubt about that because he's the go-to, he's the guy who draws coverage, he's the guy who draws that cover six, that quarter-quarter half stuff. He's the one they want to shade over the top and have underneath coverage on. And this is really my second one, Brad, so this is kind of what I'm talking about. Sure. Is is, is keying in on what they do, does the lack of, of chase make them a bit more manageable, right? I know they're missing, the Browns are missing Denzel Ward, and that's an important part of covering Jamar Chase. I, I totally understand that, but I think we could all agree that, Denzel hasn't been very good this year. So it probably doesn't change too, too much. But to me, it's sort of uh, fascinating to see how do they handle what, what, what Joe's uncomfortable with and then putting the best foot forward in terms of uh, are you able to play? Because the Browns have not played much open coverage of late. I think I calculated, Brad, they'd only played six snaps of open coverage over the last four weeks. They've been a I cover know. three, cover one, cover zero team a lot. So I don't know if they'll totally buck the trend on that and and go play more quarters and six, Uh, sprinkle in a little bit of two because what you like to do is you run two trap stuff or you can run four palms. Palms is basically a variation of cover two. If the, if the ball is trying to come out of the quarterback's hands really quickly, that's always a nice answer because you can play two to one at the corner position and jump some of those shallow routes from a slot guy or so on and so forth. So the mental chess game of what they do to make Joe uncomfortable based on what they put on film the past few weeks, because the Browns have played like you mentioned earlier with the blitzing, they've been blitzing more. And from that blitzing more scenario, they have put themselves in a lot more Island stuff, a lot more cover one cover zero stuff. And with that obviously brings the burden of, uh, you know, uh, leaving the middle of the field open and a lot of that. So, and I don't think they want to do that, even if it's just Higgins and, um, you know, just Higgins and Boyd, they still probably don't want to do that as much, and they want to make Cincinnati nickel and dime them. So I, I, I do feel like you're going to see more open coverage this week, and I think it's probably a good idea.
0: Yeah, uh, that was we talked. You know, we talked about this when I wrote it up. You know, they, I wrote this up in my article as you remember, just to build off of your point. You know, they Burrow has been dynamite against, um, you know, Cover One, Cover Zero. Uh, cover three stuff right where you've got your single high safety looks right and then um, at the beginning of the season teams were showing them like more of what you're talking about in middle of the field open coverages two four six um than anybody else except for the chargers mm-hmm. so he was struggling with that but has improved on it lately um, with him getting rid of the ball quicker so that seems to correlate a little bit Um, I would say that my uh, we'll just go to what my second point is. This my second or third point here. This is number two for
1: you. Okay, I'll go. I jumped ahead because my second point kind of first point kind of rolled into point number two.
0: Yeah, this this is going to roll. My second one's going to roll off of that, too. I, I like, you know, no ward, no chase cancels each other out. Now, Mike Thomas comes into play because I don't think they're going to really change a ton of what they do. Like, they're not going to get real heavy all of a sudden or anything like that, I don't think. So I think Mike Thomas becomes a big part of their, like, not part of their game plan, but he's going to be out there, right? Um, and I think as far as, like, your matchups go, when you're looking at corners, and I know they're probably going to be in a lot of cover four or whatever we talked about a little bit. Um in the looks you just talked about but like I think that if you can try to get greedy with Mike Thomas the majority of the time I think that would be advantageous I don't the question here is like what are they going to do with Boyd like he's played 80 86 percent of his snaps in the slot does he all of a sudden become outside right like more without chase so it'll be interesting to see what they do with Boyd because he has success outside as well um, according to the numbers. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. But I don't want Greedy to end up a ton on Higgins and a ton on Boyd. I'd rather that be Emerson and uh, Newsom, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think there's an interesting level to um, exploration in this one early when the Bengals have the football. I think there's a lot yeah. of predictability that will carry into Cleveland's uh, offense versus Bengals' defense. But the adjustment to what the Bengals have struggled with Versus what the Bengals bring into this game and how the Browns have been playing lately in terms of the coverage looks, but also the absence of Jamar Chase is so it's so damning to what they do. So how do they play differently? yeah, uh, will be a really interesting wrinkle and and to me, I know this is a lame one, but i've I've talked about it so often that that like the the way you have to do hit the script on this the the thing we've talked about all year, you have to. In my opinion, go with the formula. It's got to be a run-dominated game. Yep. Browns have to have 15 more minutes of clock. Have to have turnovers at a zero, and they—if they, they want to win—turnovers at zero, 10 to 15 minutes more clock, and 12 to 15 more plays. That's what they have to do. If they don't play the game that way, yeah, they could win because they could hit some big unexpected plays or something of that sort. But like, I just—I think that formula has to be in place. For them to win this game, even again down Jamar, uh, I just I I think it's going to be paramount for them to play it that way. They have to have to hit that formula, and they've lost games they've hit that formula. So it's not a guaranteed win, but if you want to have a chance in this one, they have to hit the formula that we've seen them have the best success rate with.
0: Yeah, it's their best chance for sure, week in week out, right? No matter what, no matter the opponent, especially here though. Um, definitely agree. Uh, my last one's going to be, uh, you know. another kind of lame but it's really important especially when you're playing against a team that's gonna like cincinnati's gonna move the ball right they're gonna move the ball in between the 20s i think either way right like you're not going to just stop them completely but red zone right red zone d red zone o you got to score touchdowns and hold them to field goals you have to score touchdowns when you are are down there and you have to try to hold them to field goals as best as you can um and that's how you make up the difference or the explosiveness that they have in their passing game versus what you have. And I think that's where you can kind of uh, make up some of the difference here um, from what we've seen so far this year. Yeah. Um, I
1: I think we've been hypercritical of the Browns defense and listen, it's insanely justified, but I will give them credit. They have been a better red zone defense than they have been in years past. I don't have the numbers in front of me but they have been a better red zone defense than they have been in the last two years. And their third down stuff has gotten a little better too. So although frustrating, those are trends you need to keep going in the right direction. The problem is you, you add up all the busts and coverage and the poor run defense. It kind of glosses right over that, that, uh, you know, red zone stuff and right over the third down stuff every now and again, because teams don't get to third down as often, right? Because they yeah. either break a big play or they break a big run. But nonetheless, they deserve some credit for those things. So you're, to your point, Browns have to be sharp in the red zone and, the, and, the, and and certainly have to limit Cincy to a field goal or two where they do push the ball down the field. Those Maybe that eight-play, 60-yard drive turns into a field goal instead of touchdown. some sort of touchdown, right? So um, put it this way, in my opinion, Brad, Browns have to play an A game to win this. They have to play their A game to win this football game. I think Cincinnati can play a B minus B game and still win. I really do. Even without Chase, I just think that they are at some key positions playing better than the Browns right now. So it's going to take the Browns. The Browns can't meet them at a B level in this one. They have to play their A game. They have to play like their season's on the line. And uh, if they do that, if they do that, I think I would predict a 27-23 Browns win that that's where I'm at if they bring their a game. So they're capable of getting this one done. Does that always mean they get it done? No, but I think that the, the capable stuff is, is right there in front of them. In my opinion, what do you have?
0: Yeah. Like I actually have have a, you know, you kind of mentioned it last week and I think that you felt, strangely good about like the Ravens game and I think you were on to something because the defense played much better right like they were put in some weird spots was you know they were the defense was put in uh short fields because of special teams once uh, another time because of a turnover and they were able to kind of hold the Ravens to you know a field goal a couple times after long drives in one of those short fields so the defense played better I think it was a good enough
1: defensive game to win. Like they they played well enough on that side to win.
0: So yeah. Can they carry that into a different
1: approach, right? Since he's not as, as ground dominant, but yeah, Yeah. they need to build stack some good performances here to your point.
0: Yeah. Build on that. And I have a strangely good feeling about this one. Um, I think the atmosphere will be one that is conducive to them. You know, if you get a big play early, maybe rolling into some of the, in building, off of some of the success you see when you see those Bengals uniforms, right? Like all, some of these guys have just felt winning when they played them. So I have a strangely good feeling about it. Uh, I picked thirty twenty three in the article today, so uh, I'll stick with that. I like the Browns in this one, actually, to um, come out with a good plan, uh, recalling on some of their past successes against Burrow. And uh, kind of leaning into that a little bit uh, defensively and offensively. I think they've been fine and I think they can build on that too. So no matter
1: how frustrating they are, Brad, they always pull us back in by the following Sunday. That's how it goes. <laughs> so, you know, man, they pull us back in anyway. Sorry about on my end, a lack of a preview with Cincinnati guest. It just has been miserable. I hope this preview suffices on your Monday uh, from, from the OBR film breakdown side. I know Brad's had better coverage than I've had in the last week. So This should, like you said, this has the potential to be a really fun game. They haven't won a game in a month. They desperately, going into the bye, and I mean desperately, need to win this football game. So I hope they – I think all I ask, Brad, is that they play like that. If they lose it because some things happen, an officiating 50-50 thing or two go the wrong way, and, uh, you know, since he makes a heroic play, whatever. I just want to look – I need them to play hard, and uh, I need them to play like it matters, and I'll be uh, pretty – uh, i'll be okay
0: with it i think uh somebody at the obr said it this week but empty the tank right going into bye week you empty the tank you try to get this one like it's like it's your you know last one right like you play this like yeah. one that it gets the super bowl because it's bye week afterwards and you gotta have it right so
2: uh-huh.
0: good stuff jake feel better brother uh monday night football tomorrow night make sure you tune into the obr's uh pre-game coverage uh, at 7 o'clock on Twitch uh, yep. and uh, post game coverage as well. So um, make sure you tune into that uh, for Jake Burns at the OBR Film Breakdown, uh, for everybody at Blue Wire Podcasts. Uh, I am Brad Ward of All Eyes on Cleveland. Thanks so much for listening. We are out. Go Browns. Go Browns.